just a thought from Ephesians chapter five, uh, 6 verse 4 and uh, <clears throat> as I said last week this would be two weeks and this is the second week and ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord um, <clears throat> in the bulletin there's a reference verse 25a that's um, not that's not the, the one it was just a blank there so why have children if and then there's a lot of statements I'll make following following that if and then we'll get into looking at Paul's spiritual children and as our father who is in heaven takes care of us and as Paul took care of his spiritual children I think there's a good example for us to follow isn't it yeah, the Lord has has a tender a loving and concerned compassionate heart for his children and uh, it's good to be able to find that right through the Bible and pick up on that uh, you know we see what God does and what he how he behaves toward his children he is a very very long-suffering God <laughs> um, if if we were making the decisions we'd probably have come down heavy and hard a lot sooner than he has over the thousands of years let's pray thank you Lord for the word I pray that it might be a blessing uh, the thoughts from it and the spirit might lead us into it tonight and that we might live it Lord we pray for those that are listening online that there would be a blessing for them and that they too might pray uh, with us after the study and be praying about con things concerning their needs and others around them we ask and pray your blessing now in Jesus name Amen <clears throat> And Christian parents' greatest responsibility in life is, is the children. It definitely is, isn't it? It should be above job. It should be above career. It's uh, the house, everything. The children are most important. Now, children don't get a, wow, I'm important <laughs> attitude. But <laughs> they are because, why? Why are they the most important thing in your life? Only thing you can take to heaven? Yep. God's heritage. They're eternal. And so very important that we um, think of our children and not offend them, not get them angry, provoke not them to anger. And I've put a few whys down here. Why? And that's what that statement in the, in the outline that you might have. Why have children if all you do is meet their physical needs and not their spiritual needs? I've seen Christian families do that and that's, they don't meet the spiritual needs and they're not Christians. They take off. Why have children if they're brought up into existence and into eternity? That's the thing. They have a start in our life and they live for eternity. That's sort of a, you know, that, that's the way God planned it. And uh, if we raise them physically, not spiritually, and they spend eternity in hell. Somehow God is going to be able to erase that from our minds if our children are not in heaven. I don't know, because heaven wouldn't be heaven if you, th if you thought that, if you could have that thought. I don't know what the Lord's going to do. I don't know if Brother Derek's come upon any verses that... No, I haven't, and no, that could shed some light on that. Um, 
Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. You have to give me the verse for that. I think it's a revelation. <laughs> now, why have children if you cannot spend the time needed to raise them in the fear and admonition of the law? Spend the time. Um, you know, we're, not, we're speaking to a few families here tonight, but probably more on the on the internet listening in. Um, <clears throat> spend the time. Why have children if you are never going to bring them up to understand the gospel? In, 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 with our children, that's, that's a priority. You know, your children, your priority. Spend that time to teach them the gospel from a young age. But when do most people get saved? When do most people respond to the gospel? When they're young. When they're little. They've got soft and tender hearts. And they respect authority, most of them. And you can teach them to do that if they don't, and to teach them the, the way of the gospel. They're from. Yep. So that's what we are to do. And the gospel to change their life. Not to make them think they're Christians because in your in a Christian home, but to teach them that they're sinners and they need to be saved and that Holy Spirit will bring them to the point of repentance. And uh, it was was good to have records of that in our own children's lives and now in the grandchildren's lives too, to hear the good news of of what happened. In fact, I was talking about it today with Jill. There was a a DVD they used in Junior Church about Easter and about the crucifixion of the Lord last year. And there's a couple responded after at home to get saved because they graphically saw the, the what the Lord had to go through to pay for their sin and um, <clears throat> why bring children why um, have children if you're going to teach not teach them to reverence and respect God through discipline and getting them to respect authority why have children if you're going to allow the television the computer the internet, these are all, this, you couldn't preach this a few years ago. The TV, computer, internet, and what's the other big one today? It incorporates all those, mobile phone, to raise them and teach them the spiritual morals, well, not spiritual, <laughs> morals that they live by. Don't let them raise them. Um, don't, why have children if you're going to allow the world system, which Christians are not to be conformed to, to control them? You could go on for a long time. Why have children if you rely on the government to finance them? They might have hurt. But we need to say it. I've talked to a few pastors about that recently. If a man provides not for his own house, he is worse than an infidel. And so relying on the government to do that, well, really, you're relying on unsaved taxpayers to do that aren't you and it's just not right now it might seem good and it might seem to be working <clears throat> I remember many years ago when our children were in under 10 or somewhere thereabouts that the government sent us a heap of forms to give out to the parishioners and it was when this new system came in that's in now where they could get a lot of money from the government it is a lot if you have a lot of children 
And I, I said, no, I'm not giving it out. I'm not claiming it myself. He said, oh, you're just too stubborn. <laughs> oh, pri proud. No, I think it's something that we should look and think and consider. Let God provide the work that we might work and labour to give. Because, you see, you're teaching your children that, uh, you know, you don't have to work to earn a living. Well, not earn a living, to have a living. Uh, <clears throat> you know, if... A, if successive Labor governments get in for a, a few terms coming soon, we the government might not have the ability to do that. If they stop selling coal overseas, which is the biggest exporter we've got, and the, the national income goes down, the government's, it'll be a, an interesting day to see what happens in our country if that happened. We are a blessed country. We've got so much, we've got so many minerals and, and things that are rich and rare, as it says that... Uh, we don't appreciate it. They do in other countries. Um, <clears throat> why have children? If you're going to give them to the religious wolves of today with their compromise, their carnal teaching and contemporary methods to let them have their way in their lives. Warn them. Draw them away from that. Now, let's go to um, Psalm 127. Provoke not your children to, to wrath. Provide for your children as God has given you that responsibility. No one else's. It's not the government's. Psalm 127. <clears throat> Little psalm. Except the Lord build the house, they labour in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children, as Brother McConnell said earlier, are what? An heritage from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. It's from him that we receive them. And you think of the Old Testament saints. Some of them couldn't have children for a long time, like Abraham and Sarah that uh, Tony was talking about in Sunday school. And they really desired to have a child. <laughs> but God was teaching them some lessons there and, and heritage of, from the Lord. And it's interesting, after that, he had Isaac, Ishmael Isaac. And then when Sarah died, he married Keturah. And he had heaps of kids. <laughs> he said, you know, he just, his old age, he got going or whatever, I don't know. The Lord blessed. And they're the children of the East that Abraham sent away. East, that's over in the Sahara, I mean, what do you call it, the Arabian Peninsula, that they went that direction. Interesting lot that they've, um, not only from Ishmael that Tony was talking about, but from, from them too, the Middle Eastern people. But they're a heritage from the Lord, and the fruit of his womb is, is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of one's youth. Hmm. <laughs> When you get old and you can't do what they can. <laughs> there are arrows in the hand. Happy is the man who haveth his quiver full of them. I've heard different sizes of a quiver full. How big you make your... <laughs> I've heard five, but that's... You know, you can fit quite a few little skinny arrows in, in a little thing. And um, <clears throat> happy is the man have quiver. They shall... Not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. 
So there's some thoughts about that, and you can go into the next Psalm 128 as well. And it reads at the end of it, Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon Israel, if you walk the way of the Lord. Now let's go back to the thought of the second one in the outline there, Paul's treatment of his spiritual children. Turn to First Thessalonians chapter 2. <clears throat> we see Paul's conduct before his children as it were <laughs> spiritual children in verse 3 and 4 we read this for our exhortation was not of deceit nor of uncleanliness nor in guile but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel even so we speak not as pleasing men but God who trieth our hearts he was living an honest life before them with his with an open heart as it were with a christian heart with a godly heart directed by the lord and so his conduct was set and so should the christian parents conduct be blameless before their children now yes we are sinners and we will sin and when we do that we said last week what should we do if we know we've done something wrong we've offended the children what should we say what should we do apologize and um ask for their forgiveness if we've done that and then we see his concern for them we see his conduct before them and now his concern for them in verse 6 nor nor of men sought we glory <coughs> neither of you nor yet of others when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of christ his concern for them he could have been burdensome for them could have been a burden. How can you be a burden to your children? Okay, I'll give you some hints. <laughs> In first, Second Corinthians chapter twelve and verse fourteen, we'll go back there a bit. Now I know this is well. Let's just read it. <laughs> Second Corinthians twelve and verse fourteen. Behold, a third time I am now ready to come to you. This is Paul talking to them, spiritual children again. And I will not be burdensome to you, for I seek not yours, but you. Hey, if he gets you, he gets yours. <laughs> but first of all, I, I concentrate on you. I want your spiritual benefit, your spiritual upbringing and enlightenment, because if that's the way you grow and go, then, then yours will come with it. The stuff, in other words, you and yours. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. And so be mindful of that. That uh, don't be burdensome in a physical way to the children and see if you cannot lay up. And everyone's circumstances are different in life. Some are wage earners, some are business people, some are better in a better paid job. But um, <clears throat> we have to do the best we can. Um, and look, I might get in trouble with the young people here. When the young people start earning money, you know, you train them, discipline them, and I mean, to think and use money wisely. If they start earning money, maybe it's a good idea to say, well, if they're staying at home, pay a bit of rent. You're eating food here too. 
bit of food wouldn't hurt to be paid for. You know, teach them that responsibility. You're not being a burden to them, you're being a blessing to them by t- training them in the way they should walk in their, in their Christian life. I mean, Christianity is pretty practical. And Paul said, I'm not going to burden you, my spiritual children. And he provided the gospel without charge, he says, in another place. And, and that's what he's laying up for, laying up for helping out in that, in that area. Well, <clears throat> so he's concerned for them. Verse 6, we're back in, where were we? First, second, first Thessalonians. Took my bookmark out. First Thessalonians chapter two. Six. Nor sought we glory, neither of you nor of others, though we might not be burdensome as as the apostles of Christ. As an apostle of Christ. Remember when the Lord Jesus had the disciples? And he sent them out to preach the gospel of the kingdom. What do you say? Don't take anything with you. You go there, you go to a town, you preach. And if they don't provide and don't listen, shake off the dust of your feet. But this is totally different. As he's, he's, he's not being a burden. He could be. He could ask them. He, he did teach, don't um, muzzle the ox that treads out the grain. But he... he I don't know if he's just plain stuffing or <laughs> teaching him a good lesson that they, the apostle was not trying to be rich and take from them. Wouldn't that be a good lesson for a lot of mainline denominations to teach? It's not about what? Money. <laughs> it's not about money. It's about ministry. So <clears throat> he's concerned for them. Then his compassion for them is seen in verse 7 and 8 as his spiritual children. And he's a good pattern for us. As, you know, the conduct before them, the concern for them, um, and compassion for them, verse 7 to 8. We read, but we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. Now, if you had a nanny looking after little kids and they were throwing them around and, you know, swinging around by one arm, and you'd say, fire <laughs> A nurse cherishes the children gently, <laughs> carefully. You know, I see some fellas get that haven't had children, and they, someone's child in church is just there, jumping, and, and they take a couple of this, like this, and, and the neck goes like that, the neck goes like that, and you, think, oh, you know, don't break their neck, because you don't treat children that way, and spiritual children are the same. Don't jerk them around. Because they can easily get out of joint and they can out of here. And I had my experience at church and I'll never go back. So Paul is being, and remember these people he's only with for a couple of weeks to start with. And uh, he was very gentle amongst them as a nurse cherishes her children. This is his compassion for them. And verse 8, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted to you, not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls because you were dear unto us he what, what's the word spend and be spend. spent that's what he's willing to be for these spiritual children and folks if you can have children physical children you ought to be ready to spend and be spent <laughs> in what ways do your children spend and be spent you Clothing, okay, yeah, get on the right path here. <laughs> Feeding them, clothing them. All these things we 
Me? Educating them. Educating them. Edu educating them? Yes. <laughs> you know, and the hex thing is might be handy, but boy, it puts the kids. You know, you can get up to a hundred thousand. Some probably a minimum of thirty to a hundred thousand debt from uni. And you've got to pay it off. And, and at the same time, they're trying to get married, they're trying to buy a house. You know, all those things you've got to consider. Spend and be spent. And, and, and it's, a, it's a sacrifice to have children, to raise them right, to do the right thing by them. To the, Paul found, isn't that what he's doing? He's sacrificing himself in ministry to other people, his children. And so ought we. Because if, if these things aren't so, we're going to anger our children what Paul said not to do back there if we don't have these um, <clears throat> notice in verse 9 his conviction about them in verse 9 we read for ye remember brethren our labour and travail for labouring night and day because we would not be chargeable to any of you we preached unto you the gospel of God As, uh, we've touched on that a bit already providing for the children and uh, <clears throat> Instead of saying, having his hand out, he got his needle and thread out <laughs> and he got his canvas out and he started making some tents at night. And, and you know, he even used that as a blessing too. Who was the others that were tent makers? Aquila and Priscilla, tent makers. And what a wonderful time they would have had all night talking about the gospel, stitching up the tents, cutting the tents. That was that's the way they lived. That's what he did. And then, as I've said before, at other times, he, he, he did this and he met not only his own needs, but those who were ministering with him. And then he'd go out in the road and get robbed. And what would most of us do? Well, if that's what God's going to do to me, I'm, I'm out of here. But no, he kept on keeping on, didn't he? And uh, even in jail, he didn't ask for much. He said, bring the cloak, bring the parchments. Bring, bring these things to me, meet my needs to those that were going to travel up there. So <clears throat> his conviction about them, he's going to labour, he's going to travail, he was not going to charge. And it would be great if that could be the case for every minister, but that's not always, because there is the balance of it, as we mentioned about the ass and muzzling the, or the ox and muzzling the ox. <clears throat> and then verse 10, his consequence sorry conscience conscience toward them ye are witnesses and God also how holy and justly and unblameable we behaved ourselves among you that believe hey fathers mothers that's the way you were to behave before your children um, <clears throat> holy justly and unblameable unblameably we ought to behave ourselves amongst believers amongst our family so that they have no reason not to believe it's on them and uh, yes they are not conscripts they are volunteers I'll be using that tomorrow in the f funeral but <clears throat> what, a, what an illustration Paul is and his last one there in verse 11 his comfort of them we see there it says and ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his children so it's pretty you know this is what it's talking about he's likening a family situation dad and the kids to a spiritual father an apostle to the 
children that trusted the Lord through him. So there's some good examples or others, but uh, we'll leave that off there. We'll move on from that next time we meet and study from the book of Ephesians.